Hello and welcome to the Reflecting Light Show. Today we have with us a very special guest, Siobhan Woodard is here. She is the discipleship pastor at Christ Church. She was the first African-American woman pastor there, and she has a wealth of knowledge about how to disciple others. She's passionate about the gospel and what the gospel can bring to our everyday lives. And she's about to start her own podcast. What's the name of your podcast going to be? It's called That's Real Life. And I believe that for us as believers, we have to still learn how to navigate real life. We're not of the world, but we're still in the world. And we need practical godly wisdom on how to navigate relationships, finances, conflicts, everything that the world does. And when we see that God has given us the leg up, he's given us something greater to, to navigate those things, then we find out that we can win and share the gospel in a great way. That is so awesome. I cannot even wait to listen to that podcast. Today, we're going to talk about waiting on the Lord and waiting well. And I heard you preach a message on this, and it was revolutionary. You were talking about how waiting on the Lord is not a punishment, but it's actually a privilege. And so today, what I want to do is just, let's just talk about your life and how the Lord has taught you to wait well, and that it's worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I remember thinking uh, when I started the message, like waiting on God is a privilege. Mm -hmm. It's something that we actually get to do instead of it being something arduous or something that is laborious. That's and the hard, reason, though. Oh, yeah. And yeah. the reason why is because we're revealing God's goodness through our experiences. And it's like if you can get it on your own, then where is God in the picture? But when he's doing things that you can't do on your own and he's showing you his goodness like through your own life, like that really is a privilege for God to use you to reveal his glory and his goodness. So what does this look like for your everyday life? So what have you been waiting on? <laughs> All right. So it's no secret to most people that I've been waiting on a season of marriage. Yeah. Um, that has been my longest wait, I should say. Um, I was dating when I was 24, decided that this person really wasn't as passionate for God as I was. God was just calling me deeper into relationship with him. And I knew that this was somebody that I just had to part ways with. Well, I didn't know that it would be 10 more years mm. before I even had a prospect of anyone to date seriously for marriage. But what I learned was that God was refining me. He was showing me my purpose. He was giving me a calling. And that was what I was supposed to be doing the whole time. You know, I was supposed to be discovering what God had for me and why I was placed here on this earth. Right. And so God giving me that 10 years to develop that, to become a servant leader, to become a pastor, all of those things were worth it. That one small sacrifice opened so many doors for God to really reveal why I was called to be here. Yeah. So what do you feel like he taught you in the waiting as you were being refined? Oh, absolutely. So for, for most women, I know that the waiting on this, it, it comes as like a rejection as like, I'm yes. not enough. Um, I yes. don't have enough or who wants me or who doesn't want me. And you get into the comparison and mm -hmm. you start looking at all these other things. And I think what I learned the most is that I was chosen by God, that Ephesians 2:10, you know, scripture yeah. that says we're his workmanship. Yes. And he had plans for me from the beginning to do great works in his name, whether it was with a spouse or without a spouse, this was his plan for me. And to be settled in the fact that I had value because Jesus loved me. I had value because I was called by him and that this role of marriage was an important one that I would love to have. 
but it wasn't necessary for me in that season. It wasn't something that kept me from being what God had ultimately called me to be. And I had to realize that I was fearfully and wonderfully made, Mm -hmm. that I I had something unique about me, that my life's trajectory just looked different from other women, and that was okay. Like I had permission to be different. I had permission to be unique. I had permission to say, I'm going to trust God on this journey. I can make it happen or I can let God be God in my life and lead me. And that takes a lot of faith. Yeah. I'm to sure. say, <laughs> you know, to say, yeah. I'm not going to put my hands on this. I'm not going to make anything. I'm not going to force anything. I just really want to know what's the dream in your heart for me. When you That's made cool. me, what were you thinking? Yeah. And, and what did my life look like in your story? Mm-hmm. And so when I yielded myself to that and I allowed him to show me like what I really meant to him as a bride, that I was already loved unconditionally and chosen. And it just made me feel so much more secure. Like, right. yeah, yeah. And, okay. So that word, the workmanship is also masterpiece Absolutely. in the Bible. And I think about that just from the perspective of you were talking about a diamond and how it takes millions of years for it to develop into what God has called it to be. Yes. And so tell <laughs> us what, what you found out whenever you were doing your research on that. So, yeah, I, I looked at what's the most radiant thing. What's something that people establish so much value to like in mm. our culture. And I was like, diamonds, duh. Like yeah. everyone loves a beautiful <laughs> diamond. Like nobody's ever said a diamond doesn't look good. So then whenever I started looking at um, like how long it takes to actually produce a diamond, it was like 900 million. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the things that we value the most are formed in pressure and in darkness where nobody can really see yeah. what is going on. And then when you actually unearth a diamond, it's not actually pretty till it's cut. And so like we realized, wow, some of the things that hurt us, some of the things that hit us in life and some of the things that jarred us, that was probably a refining moment, a shaping, a cutting moment that we thought was just pain, but it was actually reflecting even more light, (laughs) (laughs) which I didn't even try to do that, but it's true. Like we realized that the better a diamond is cut, the more light it can reflect. So think about your life. The more you're willing for God to really work in you, to cut some things away, to like develop some things in you, all of a sudden people can see this bright light shining from you. And they're like, what is that? What is that about that person? Because they're navigating this season of life way different than I would have. And that's your opportunity to say it's Jesus. Yes. So like amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because it is so true. I mean, there's times in my life where I desired something so desperately, but I wasn't ready. And That's the Lord good. was trying to cut things out of my life that shouldn't have been there in the first place. Yes. And as he did that, then I was able to shine all the more brightly for him. Absolutely. It's a beautiful analogy. And I wanted to address to the women, like, if you feel like waiting is that you're not good enough, what if it's you're too good? What mm. if it's you're too good for God to just release you to any person? What if it's you're too good to him to just open you up to just any person. Maybe he treasures you so much that he wants you to wait for the person that he thinks has his heart that will actually care for you well. And I think perspective is everything, right? When you realize that God has you as his treasure and he doesn't want to release you, it gives you this contentment of like, I really am loved. I really am cared for. And it's just like, wow, God cares enough about me to preserve me for the right person. By right person, I mean someone who's exhibiting the fruit of the spirit, someone who can be a leader, someone who has great character because he wants you to experience his love through that person. So of course he's gonna want you to pick one of his good men, you know? Right, that's exactly right. 
You know, um, just thinking about the that from a perspective of marriage and the Lord always wants us to find our full satisfaction in Him first. Absolutely. And then it opens up the door for us to have this intimate and godly relationship with yes. our spouse. But if we are always trying to put that onto our spouse, then we're setting Him up to fail because He can't be God. That's right. He, can, he can't do that for us. But if we find our full satisfaction in the Lord, then it allows us to have an intimacy where it's not any kind of demands or expectations put on that person. And he can be who God has called him to be. We can be who God has called us to be. And there's not that tension there anymore. Um, So talk about just finding your full satisfaction in the Lord and how how he just brought you into that space through these past 10 years. Oh, yeah. Uh, One of the big things, and I know probably people say this cliche, but like serving others in the capacity of like ministry and in church, like leading groups, like getting involved in community, having other women around you that are walking through the same thing that you're walking through Mm -hmm. and having opportunities to really be challenged in the way that you're willing to serve other people. Like I had to practice on my friends, like servanthood and practice in my community servanthood, because that's a huge cornerstone piece of marriage is serving the other person. And sometimes in our singleness, we're so ready to see what we're going to get. We don't process that. It's about giving away yourself in a lot of, a lot of ways, you know, like, (laughs) and and I'm speaking from like my friends and what they told me, you know, about it. (laughs) And it's just like, wow, like, you know, getting up early and being committed to doing something that maybe you don't enjoy, but you know that there's going to be fruit because somebody's going to be blessed. I'm pretty sure every married woman does that, you know, when they clean the home or, you know, when they're cooking for their family, like there's things that you just do that you don't expect to get from. You're just doing it because you know that this is God's will and this is his desire for you. And this is what he's called you to. And I think sometimes we don't process that as a ministry. And it should be processed like that. You know, marriage is a ministry. It's a way to serve another person and then more people when you have kids. And so I just got to practice a lot (laughs) of giving away like love to people when they needed, you know, support and encouragement. And I was like, one day I'm doing this with young girls, but one day this is going to be my girl, you know, my daughter. And so everything that I was doing was a practice for the future that became so natural to me that, you know, now it's not so daunting to imagine that life. It's actually more of a transition as opposed to I got to learn how to do all these things. And again, it's perspective. If as a single woman, you realize what you're practicing now is going to be for your future you have this sense of joy that comes with it. Like, wow, I'm going to actually be a lot better at this because I've had 10 years of learning how to serve. Okay. Let's just camp out (laughs) on that for a second, because I think that that is the hardest thing in the waiting is to have joy in the waiting because you just want to get there. You want to have that promise fulfilled right away. Absolutely. But finding joy in the waiting is a big deal. One of the things that you had talked about was the fullness of time and had God given you the desires of your heart whenever you were asking him to, it might not have been the right time for your future family. Absolutely. Yeah, so so dive into that a little bit. So yeah, I think I made the, ex- uh, the example of how, um, you know, 
Abraham's son was connected to the lineage of Christ. Mm -hmm. And God knew exactly what time he needed Christ to enter the world. So the timing of Abraham's son coming in was connected to something bigger. It was connected to the salvation of the whole world. That's beautiful. And, and so we look at this one small window of time and think this is irrelevant or unnecessary until we get outside of ourselves and see the bigger plan of God. Right. And so I did the same thing. I said, what if my kids need to be born in this generation that is coming? What if God was saying, Siobhan, if you can wait a little bit longer, I could use your passion. I could use your fire. I could use what you and your future husband have to create some, some kids that are going to like actually like move for the kingdom of God in a season that is going to be much needed. I mean, look at our world. Yes. It's a privilege for me to raise up some generals to deal with what we got going on. <laughs> Girl, I, I think yeah. I'll know even more when they mature and grow up exactly what God was doing. And that's the beauty of hindsight. I'll be able to look back as I progress as a mother and, and see things like, wow, I see why you did that. I see why you wanted me to wait for this yeah. particular time. And it's just such an honor to say, God, there's a generation of my seed that needed to come at this time. Right. And, and so that's what produced the joy. Again, perspective is everything. It if is. you ask God to give his insight on why he's doing something, man, he will get you so fired up about your life. Like it's so crazy to think about, wow, who knew that the timing was everything for God's plan, even in my life and in the children that I'm going to give birth to. And I'm like, all right, we must be raising up some prophets. We're yes. going to need all of yes. them. <laughs> We need everybody. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> so my little army that is coming to fight, you know, for yeah. the kingdom, the good fight of faith. Yeah. I'm excited about that. And God is faithful. He yes. knows. That's right. You know, I think about that for my life. I was begging the Lord for a child for three years. Yeah. I begged him for a child. But had my child been born back whenever I first started praying, she wouldn't have been born for the generation that the Lord has her in. Absolutely. You know, and he says that we are to shine like stars in the sky in this generation, in the generation that he has called us to, yes. holding firm to the word of life. So Amen. when I think about that for my children, they were born exactly at the right time whenever the Lord had a plan and a purpose for their life. And that is what we're talking about today is like waiting. There is purpose in the waiting. Absolutely. And if we can shift our perspective to see it that way, yes. then it changes everything. Yes. And it gives us a peace and a joy in the waiting. Absolutely, because we are waiting on purpose with purpose. And I say that Good. all the time because we have to remember that it's bigger than us. There's a bigger narrative, yes. you know, of life that's happening mm -hmm. and it's God's story that he's pinning. And we just get to be a part of that bigger narrative of what God is doing. And so when we realize that we find it's an honor to be a part of God's story and that nothing is wasted. Everything is made beautiful in his time. That's right. So what do your prayers look like in a season of waiting? Oh, wow. You know, honestly, some of my prayers look like my journal writing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I look back at my journal and I realize I asked God for, um, I asked God for my husband, but I asked for qualities and characteristics of like, I need this guy to have been in the trenches with God and know what it's like to fight and have faith and have, mm -hmm. you know, a prayer life. And like, you know, I didn't even remember that I said that until I started dating. And I looked back and I was like, wow, I really asked for some really specific things because mm -hmm. I was basing it on where God was growing me and what I knew God had for me. And I was like, okay, now I can see what would complement this experience. Now I can see what would complement this calling, this characteristic. But I also prayed for God to really heal areas of my heart 
-hmm. because I think sometimes as women waiting, we don't want to do the inner work. We want. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, y'all. I'm telling the truth today. (laughs) We want to wait on that man to whisk us away from our circumstance, whisk us out of discouragement, and he's going to help us with our body image and all these other things. And Mm. guess what? That does not happen. (laughs) We have to be willing to do our inner work. I realized that I had dealt with trauma uh, Mm. from my childhood and in college, things that I didn't know had caused me to have issues with trust and to fear betrayal and to like know like I hadn't trusted God with this area of my life. And so I had to pray for him to like renew me, restore me, to create in me a clean heart, to actually help me with the areas that I was going to be bringing some things to my husband that would not be easy to deal with. And the more self-aware you are, the more you're like, Holy Spirit, Let's work on a lot of this before he comes because I got the time. That goes back to that cutting. Yes. The refining Mm. of saying, okay, Siobhan, you struggle with patience. You struggle with forgiveness. Guess what? That ain't going to be good for marriage if you struggle Mm. with forgiveness because you're going to have to forgive a lot. (laughs) Yes, she (laughs) And so he was just kind of giving me some perspective of things that like, here's some areas of opportunity for growth that will actually help your transition a lot better. And I'll say selfishness. I was selfish in a lot of ways that I didn't realize because as a single woman, if I wanted to get something, I'd get it. If I wanted to do something, I'd do it. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I consult God, sometimes maybe not. And everything was about what do I get? What do I gain? And the Lord had to, you know, challenge me in that to say, hey, when you have a partner, you're not going to be able to do whatever you want without, you know, consulting and asking. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And then I can't buy as many shoes, (laughs) you know, just the little things of like managing your finances better and all the things that you think that's going to get fixed when he comes. No, it's going to magnify when he comes. (laughs) And I've experienced that even in my dating. I was like, wow, I still struggle with this. I'm like, oh Lord, you know, Um, I have a story about that. And we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll pick right back up. Okay, so I actually have a really funny story about that, about finances. When Adams and I first got married, he was saying that I was spending all of the money (laughs) in the account. And so we we had merged our two bank accounts to come together. And I said, okay, well, let's just take a quick minute for me to look through this. So I went through every single statement and I could see on there all of his drumming expenses, all of his golfing expenses, Mm -hmm. all of these things. And so I presented it back to him and I said, well, who is the big spender in our family? But you know, sometimes you just have to walk through those seasons, you know, as you get to know each other and your hearts get turned towards each other more and more every single day. But there is also conflict that comes up. And I know that, um, you know, this just in everyday life with with dealing with people in ministry, you have to handle those things in a healthy way and you have to be communicating with each other. And so I think that in our lives, if we go back to having that relationship with Jesus and he is at the forefront of our minds, then as we start to press in towards Jesus, if we both are doing that, then we are growing towards each other. That's right. And that to me has always stuck with me, that illustration of if I'm reaching towards Jesus and so is my spouse, then we're all the time going to be reaching towards each other. And I think that that is a beautiful way to look at marriage as, as you start to encounter that as well. Yes. 
So, um, okay, so tell us a little bit about what this next season looks like for you. Yeah, so I've been dating for a year and we're finally, you know, to the point where we're going to get married. And so like in November, I'll be getting married and moving to Georgia. I also am launching my itinerant ministry where I'll be traveling and speaking for different events, conferences, churches, Wonderful. and then the podcast, of course. Right. So it's kind of funny that you're waiting on all these things and then all at once, God's like, here you go. And yeah. you're like, wait, 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 right now, <laughs> yeah, all of this. this. Yeah. <laughs> but I think just the grace to be able to navigate all of those things and the patience that I have with myself to say, I'm not going to get everything right. You know, um, I'm, I'm trying so many new things all at once, but God is with me. And every true. lesson that I learn is not just going to be growth for me, but for someone else. I think the beauty about life in Christ is that we can take our lives and let it be a living testimony to other people. The good, the bad, the ugly, the failures, the triumphs, all of it, right. all of it is is usable. And God wants yeah. us to, you know, share all those things. So I'm excited that I'll have people to go on the journey with me. And, you know, I'll be better about documenting that journey now, you know, yeah. so that people can really see the end and outs of life of a believer, of a pastor, of a leader, that we're much the same. You know, right. we That's just right. accepted a call to serve and all of us have accepted the call to be ministers of the gospel. So we are equal in God's eyes and, you know, we're equally effective in God's eyes because we're influencing the people around us. So That's I think right. there's an excitement of a new mm -hmm. place, of a new season. There's also a humility that has come over me to say like, wow, I really have to lean on God so much. Oh, I like that. Yeah, because yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not that I yeah. ever have, but now I just really know I don't know what I'm doing. Well, I, I disagree <laughs> on that because you do have such an anointing and a calling on Thank your life. You. And it has been evident ever since I have come to the church and I've gotten to hear you speak time after time, but you've sharpened me as iron oh. sharpens iron. So when a friend Thank sharpens so another, but what you, what you just said about, we are all ministers. Talk to the person who maybe feels like, well, Siobhan has that all together, but I don't have that inside of me. Yeah. Well, yes, you do. I would definitely say to anyone who is struggling, like because you have received Christ, you've also received his Holy Spirit. You received his testimony. And the good thing is, is we get to talk about Jesus and how good he is. And then in spite of us, he loves us. So, hey, that's a testimony that everybody can honestly share. I think the boldness comes from relationally being connected to God so much that you give him credit for everything good that happens in your life. You acknowledge him and you just let your life be a testimony to people. Don't be afraid to show them your weak moments, but also show them God's goodness in spite of your weak moments. And you would be surprised how many people have just been wanting to know that they could access the same God that you do because none of us are perfect, right? Man. I think that's the big thing yes. is like this life in Christ is a life yeah. that we have been lived by grace. We live by grace, right? It's it because of the grace of God that we're able to do this and that none of us have arrived, but we're all mm -hmm. on a journey. And that yes. journey is full of hope because of Jesus. Hope is a big word. We can never underestimate the power of hope in our lives. All right, so Siobhan, we have talked about so many different <laughs> things, but I want to ask you one final question. Okay. And that is, what is lightening your load these days? Oh man, so uh, I remember the scripture in 1 Peter 5, 7 that says, casting all your anxieties upon him because he cares for you. I love that actually engaging God with my real raw, 
problems. Mm-hmm. Like sitting down before him saying, this is where I'm struggling. This is what I have areas of doubt in, or this is what I can't see you doing and letting him minister to me through the word, just, and also through his presence, just sitting right. still and quietly knowing that I'm loved unconditionally by him, no matter what I do. But when I am aligning with his word and I'm doing things well, life naturally works itself mm-hmm. out, right? Yes. It just gets better. Right. It, it works together for our good. So like really just having the permission to say, today was not a good day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't real. feel, yeah, I didn't yes. feel like I accomplished what I wanted to or I have this conflict and I need wisdom on how to navigate this. And sometimes, you know, some people are like, do you just formally say, dear God, sometimes I just sit on my sofa and go, Lord, and I just go into it. <laughs> And it's, still, it. it's not talking to yourself because he is really present. That's right. And I found that he will answer prayers from our personal conversations that somebody else does not know about. And they're like, hey, Siobhan, I thought I'd just bless you with lunch today. I'm like, what? Yeah. How did you know that I was talking to God about struggling with the budget or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. else was going on? And I'm like, all right, you do hear us when we cry out to you. That's right. And in having that quiet place, that place where I can just be my most honest self with God has definitely lightened my load. And I love how you said that because it says cast all of your anxiety upon him. And casting is like putting the responsibility on the person who has the ability to get it done. Absolutely. And he does. (laughs) He cares for you. He cares for you. He cares for me. He cares for Siobhan. He is no respecter of persons. He cares for each of us equally. So thank you for that wisdom. Thank you for coming on the show. You you are a light in my life. And I'm so thankful that you have been here with us today. I want to talk to you guys about the book Made to Shine. It is out on Amazon and you can get it off of my website. It has 90 devotions in here on how to enjoy and reflect the light of Christ in your everyday life. Thank you guys so much for coming alongside of us at the Reflecting Light Show. I hope that you will like and subscribe and share with a friend who may need the light of life in his or her life. I love you guys. Go out and be the light. Hello friends, thank you so much for tuning into the Reflecting Light Show. We hope that you enjoyed it and you got some positivity out of it. If you did, please let us know and share it with a friend. Until next time, go and be the light.